the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending woman. Well, first up, an article in Marketing Daily by Carlene Lokovitz. I hope I didn't butcher your name, Carlene. It's about Post Serial. They have aligned with the new movie, Sing. You may have seen Sing. It's about a singing competition. involves animals. Looks super cute. Well, yeah, everybody and their brother's going to try to make hay off of this because it's going to be huge. I have a feeling. Anyway, you may not have heard much about Post Serials. In fact, I haven't. So the fact that they're jumping into this tells me that they're trying to get back on the cereal bandwagon. Specifically, their Honey Bunches of Oats is going to be heavily promoted uh, during a sweepstakes and instant win code game tied to that Universal Picture animated movie called Sing. The grand prize, yep, $100,000 in cash is the actual same amount of prize that the characters are vying for in the movie. The sweep's first prize is a check for $5,000 and instant win prizes include movie tickets and headphones, Bluetooth speakers, and video cameras. Well, to enter, guess what? Yep, you got to buy a box of honey, bunches of oats. There's a code inside of those boxes, along with grape nuts, golden crisps, or honeycomb. And you want to enter them on their entry page for the sweepstakes. Each entry brings a chance to win the grand prize, as well as a chance to win instantly. And by the way, you can enter up to three different codes per day through March 31st, but that also means you need to buy three different boxes of cereal. You see how this works? Uh, anyway, Sing is set to open December 21st, so we're on, we're on the precipice of that happening. And again, this all runs for through the first quarter, so it's going to drive first quarter sales, hopefully for post. At least that's what they're hoping for. Our purse profile today is the environmentally conscious woman. This is a woman in her early 20s, early 30s with a moderate income, environmentally conscientious, focused on buying organic, supporting green causes and companies. These women have gone to college. They don't have kids, and uh, very few of them are actually married. Most of them are single. Uh, Uh, So, yes, environmentalism is very important to them. They recycle. They never buy cosmetics tested on animals. Um, They're always willing to pay more for environmentally friendly products. They're very concerned about social issues, specifically violence and crime and pollution and equality issues. They feel like that it's their duty to get out there and do good. And therefore, they want to support a company that acts ethically as well. And they're willing to do things that are unconventional. They want to stand out in a crowd and that specifically comes into things that they decide to wear, things they decide to buy. So they are shopping though at a lot of similar places that most mainstream people are shopping at. So it'd be like Banana Republic, Williams-Sonoma, Ikea, but they also add Patagonia, L.L. Bean and Trader Joe's to that list. They're buying efficient cars, fuel-efficient cars including Volvo. And uh, when it comes to household products, Aveda, Aveeno, uh, 
whole foods, fair trade method are all tops with them. So where can you intersect this environmentally conscious woman? Well, she's reading the New Yorker, Economist, Elle Glamour, Vanity Fair, Shape and Self. She's watching VH1, Discovery Channel, Bravo, TLC, Independent Film Channel, and BBC America. Uh, My guest today knows a lot about the cannabis industry. One might call that a somewhat environmentally friendly industry, certainly green, and green in ways that we're just starting to become aware of. It's a booming industry, and Laura Bianchi is uh, on the leading edge of that. She's a partner and director of business and corporate transactions, the state planning and asset protection department at the Rose Law Group that's based right there in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, and she is an integral member of the medical marijuana practice group. She provides legal advice, guidance, and assistance in various realms of the legal cannabis industry. She is a leader there in the state of Arizona as co-chair for the Women Grow Phoenix chapter and is an active member of the National Cannabis Industry Association and National Cannabis Bar Association. She's going to be on today to talk about Women in cannabis. No, not women using cannabis, women breaking into the cannabis industry and what's really happening in that space. Some very exciting things are happening for women in that space. And uh, Laura's on the threshold of working with many, many of them um, to do well in the cannabis industry. So stick around. Laura Bianchi returns with When Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. 
Only on Cranberry Radio. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Laura Bianchi. She's a partner and director of business, corporate transactions, and estate planning and asset protection department at Rose Law Group. And not only does she do all of that, she's an integral member of their medical marijuana practice group, which provides legal advice, guidance, and assistance in various realms of the legal cannabis industry. And really, that's why Laura's on today to talk about this huge boom for female entrepreneurs in the cannabis space. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I am thrilled to have you on. And if there is a definitive expert in this, it certainly is you. So talk a little bit about Rose Law Group and what your area of deep expertise is there, Laura, how you spend your day. It's a real estate law firm. Um, we have started the cannabis practice in 2010. There's actually two of us, my partner, Ryan Hurley, and I. And we began working in the medical marijuana industry in, in Arizona in 2010. And I will tell you, it has taken off unlike anything I have ever seen. So as the head of the business corporate transactions department, my focus, uh, you know, obviously is on contracts and agreement. And this industry, because it is still emerging, because it's so brand new, the law is still working out. We don't have a great deal of case precedent and things are changing almost from day to day. Um, it is really governed by contracts and agreements. And so that's really how I got started. Uh, the detail-oriented one, I was going through the rules and requirements, helping clients by making uh, comments and different suggested changes and modifications when the rules were first being implemented and prepared by the Arizona Department of Health Services. And, uh, and it sort of took off from there. So it's been a, an interesting ride. Yeah, I would say so. And it probably hasn't stopped. I know it feels like uh, this is an industry that just caught on like all of a sudden. And now as laws are coming into place and cannabis is being legalized across the country with more states uh, legalizing cannabis just this last November, uh, it feels like it's only going to get Busier for you, and I and I should mention too, you're highly involved there in Arizona in this space. You're the co-chair of the Women Grow Phoenix chapter, and you're also an active member of the National Cannabis Industry Association and National Cannabis Bar Association. So you certainly know how busy it is out there. Um, when you know, I don't know that you probably thought you'd ever become an expert in the area of cannabis. I mean, it it doesn't sound like that's how you began your career. So, uh, talk a little bit about that. When I mean, you said 2010 is when you start to see it take off. But sure. what is your thought about now? You here you are in this space that's kind of a whole new world. It is, and I could have never dreamt it. <laughs> I did my undergraduate at the University of Colorado at Boulder, which if anyone knows that is sort of known for uh, for cannabis consumption prior to legalization. And <laughs> yeah. it's funny that the one thing that my parents told me to stay away from is my entire career now. So I find that a little <laughs> uh, ironic. <laughs> you know, yeah, again, as a business corporate transactions attorney, I'm always interested in new and emerging businesses. Um, and so when this, you know, when this was presented to us, it was obviously an area of of great, you know, the legal landscape is so gray and so, uh, you know, uncharted that we knew that attorneys would be required to help clients navigate this process. And, and again, it was just sort of my attention to detail. And I, we, you know, started working in it and little by little, it just kind of, you know, snowballed into, uh, into really being my entire, entire uh, area of expertise and career. But, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. This is really, this is what I assume, you know, the alcohol industry looked like after prohibition ended. This is sort of what, uh, you know, Silicon Valley looked like. This is really the next big boom. And, you know, when I stop and, you know, take a break from all the madness, it's really fun to think that that I'm part of history in the making. And this is something that, you know, 
I would assume 20, 30 years from now, people will look back and say, just like they did with prohibition, this was so silly. Um, but you know, we've got a, we've got a long way to go. And so attorneys and other professionals are an integral part of, of making this industry successful for the long haul. Yeah. Well, and it is, you're kind of learning on the fly, aren't you? I mean, it's, it's kind of like the wild, wild west out there, it sounds like. Um, 100%. Well, and that's what makes it fun, too, I would imagine. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, um, I know a lot of your business, a lot of your expertise is helping with startup entrepreneurs, and there are a lot of them, many of them coming from other sectors, other industries where they've had huge success. But this is uncharted uh, territory for most everyone that gets into it. So what are the biggest issues facing the industry right now, Laura, that you kind of seen through the lens of your own clients that they're struggling with? A complete and utter lack of due diligence. Um, <laughs> it's one of the most frustrating parts of what I do. I, you know, obviously as this industry has grown and expanded, um, there have been a lot more individuals from other industries who are, are starting to tap in. And especially as we see private investors and money coming in, you know, you've got individuals that are very smart, very accomplished. They're great at what they do in other industries and the, the care and due diligence that they would normally take in whatever, you know, other realms they work in seems to completely go out the window when you deal with the cannabis industry. And, and it's a constant battle um, and just making sure that people slow down, you know, that green rush is, is certainly it, it's out there and allowing people to say, look, you know, there's a lot to work through. There's a lot of terms and, and requirements and provisions and things that we have to think about from a cannabis industry perspective, not even so much the, you know, business law perspective and putting that all together in contracts and agreements that protect all the parties that really lay out the expectations and that, you know, allow people to move forward at a, a positive or a, a rate that allows them to be successful in the long run is probably the biggest battle that I face. Everybody wants to run, 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 run and get this done. And it's got to be done yesterday. And unfortunately, you know, that's how these battles then erupt because you're getting into partnerships with people you either don't know, you don't know well, you've got a lot of competing sort of perspectives If I deal with sort of the product people versus the money people. A lot of different quirks and things in the cannabis industry that just don't exist in other industries. And so getting people to to really take the right steps and not rush into things is, is really been my, I think, one of the, the hardest challenges. Right, exactly. Because it's like the gold rush. People feel like I got to be first in. I've got to do this. And uh, But, you know, there's a lot of risk with that. But with the risk comes reward. And there's huge opportunity for people seeking to get into the cannabis industry. What do you think are the largest opportunities looming out there right now? You know, I mean, certainly as we have these emerging programs coming out across the U.S., there's always opportunities for new application processes. And depending on the area of the industry that you'd like to be involved in, certainly, you know, applying for new licenses and, and uh, building out in these new states is, is always a great opportunity. But there's also a lot of ancillary opportunities. I mean, if you think, again, like the gold rush, right, the guys that really made the most money were the guys that sold the picks and shovels. So there are so many different areas, uh, ancillary businesses that are related to the cannabis industry, but may not you know, have to do precisely with the licensing that that require professionals, require businesses, and really need to be expanded as well from branding and marketing to PR, you know, to just product reliability and consistency and just a, a variety of products in all these different realms. So uh, certainly I think that being in the cannabis industry does not mean you just have to have a license. It's certainly one area that you can be successful in, but there's a lot of different ancillary businesses and professions that, that require um you know, the expertise that, that some other people bring from different industries. And so you really have to be, I think, creative and, and look at what you bring to the table, your expertise, your background, your history, and how does that fit into the cannabis industry and what's needed. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, you know, I know you and I have had some discussions around this topic offline. And what I found remarkable is that for women, this industry is really a great opportunity, apparently. And there aren't many industries that I can say that about. I, You know, uh, women seem to be hitting the glass ce- ceiling most of the time when they're trying to break into an industry. Why is cannabis so female friendly? You know, I think from the medical perspective, women generally make 80% of the household healthcare decisions, whether that's nutrition, medical care, those sorts of things. So I think already we are set and sort of positioned in a place where we are the ones that are looking at these products. A lot of time women are interested in more naturopathic remedies and, and alternatives before we turn to, you know, modern medicine or, or pharmaceuticals and things like that. So I think that puts us in a good position. But in addition, because the cannabis industry is so new, it's really built up uh, full of entrepreneurs. And, you know, that allows women to sort of take out those issues that that exist in other traditional industries and bypass that glass ceiling because you can start your own company. You can work through different private money channels. You can, you know, really bring a perspective to this industry that is necessary and is still sort of lacking. Um, Newsweek, you know, that was just a couple years ago, came out and said this will be the first billion dollar industry not controlled by men. So it's certainly exciting. And I think it has to do with just the you know, the type of of decisions that are being made, the type of products. But I also think that anytime you've got an entrepreneurial industry, uh, it gives women the opportunity to to pave their own path in a way that is not traditional, which then allows them to bypass some of those glass ceiling issues. And so it's been a lot of fun to see, you know, different women getting involved and, and really being successful in the cannabis industry. And groups like Women Grow go a long way to help that happen as well and really bring bringing different professionals and women together to help one another as we succeed in this industry. Right. And I would have to imagine that conversely, the cannabis industry has to be benefiting from having so many women in the business because women bring a different aesthetic, if you will, to business in general. And so talk a little bit about how you think the industry can benefit from having a wealth of women starting to break into it. Sure. Well, again, you know, from a medical perspective, which the bulk of our programs across the United States are still medical cannabis programs. Like I said, 80% of those household decisions are made by women. So automatically that should be the, you know, the audience you're speaking with. But, you know, one of the hurdles of the cannabis industry is changing those stereotypes and those, you know, perceived uh, misnomers about who uses cannabis, what types of products are out there. And so in doing that, women bring a, you know, a very different and I think unique perspective in, in that marketing and branding piece, which is still very underdeveloped in the cannabis industry. And so not only are you allowing, you know, bringing in a group of women who, who make up the bulk of your decision makers when you're dealing with these types of medical products, but you're also just bringing maybe a softer perspective um, or, or a more sophisticated, you know, it just depends on the type of product. But I think that it certainly lends itself to this industry and allows us to continue to evolve as a business, as a regulated business, as a sophisticated business and not sort of this underground, you know, uh, marijuana industry, which people think of from, you know, from years before where it's nothing, you know, it's a little bit more the Cheech and Chong approach, which we love them, nothing wrong with them at all, but, you know, a little bit different from marketing and branding perspective. And I think women have a great deal to offer in those realms. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, We're going to take a quick break, Laura. When we come back, we're going to talk to you a little bit about listeners. We have a lot of people in business listening to this program. Many of them may be saying, hey, should I be making the leap into cannabis? And would love to know what you think they need to understand before they make that leap. So everybody's going to want to stick around. Laura Bianchi joins us when Purse Rings returns after the break. Purse Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. 
Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Laura Bianchi. She's a partner and director of Business Corporate Transactions, Estate Planning and Asset Protection Department at Rose Law Group. She also uh, drives their medical marijuana practice group, and she's incredibly involved there in Arizona with the cannabis industry as co-chair of the Women Grow Phoenix chapter and a member of the National Cannabis Industry Association and the National Cannabis Bar Association, among many other things that she's involved in. And we've been talking about about this emerging industry, which I almost want to say is not emerging anymore. It's booming. It's really booming. And as Laura said, it's kind of like the wild, wild west out there. People are just diving in and they're they're not mitigating a lot of their risks. They're not checking things out in advance. But it's a huge opportunity for women entrepreneurs, especially, which is, again, why Laura's on the show today to talk about cannabis and, and women entrepreneurs. And Laura, we know just from the research out there that women start more business each and every year than men, and yet we have a harder time getting to that million-dollar mark than um, the male gender. So do you see this being the same hurdle for women in this industry, or do you feel like maybe the hurdle's lower um, in an emerging industry like this to get to the million-dollar mark? They're not involved um, because of illegality from a federal perspective. You're still dealing with the private money lenders, which oftentimes are men or governed and managed by men. So, you know, from my perspective, the biggest mistake that women in any industry do is not having a plan, not having things really well laid out for yourselves in the same way that you have a business plan, that you've done your due diligence, that you know exactly what you're asking for. You're not waiting for people to offer you something. Um, I think women, you know, and certainly I don't mean to, to typecast and not everyone has this personality, but a lot of times women sort of wait for, you know, what you're willing to offer them. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes, you know, women can make in in this industry or any other industry is putting together a well-planned. So, you know, your value, you know, your worth, you know, what you need to succeed. And and when you go, especially in front of investors and, and money folks that you sit down and go, look, 
this is what I'm offering you. You can take it, you can leave it, we can discuss it, but it's, it's a little bit less of an ask and it's let me explain to you why I have value and why you want to actually give me this. So I think the approach just needs to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, a lot of people listening today, especially women, are, are probably intrigued by what you're saying about how it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for anyone right now, but especially for women. What are the things that people need to understand before dipping their toe in the water? I mean, you've got to do your due diligence. And, and I realize that's difficult because if you try to look up, you know, things in the cannabis industry online or, you know, sort of there, there's not a lot of natural resources like you would have in or readily available resources like you would have in other industries. So you've really got to do your due diligence. You have to know what states you're interested in. You have to know what those rules and regulations look like. You have to know, you know, at least have an idea of of maybe the, the areas of the industry you would be interested in and find the right professionals, you know, and that can be challenging as well. But connect and see if you have a local women grow um, group to join and, and go start to meet people and network. Some of these bigger conferences like National Cannabis Industry Association or Marijuana Business Conference and Expo, these are great opportunities for you to go and meet thousands of people that are in these industries. These conferences have grown and really become sophisticated business conferences in the last few years. And so do your homework, do your due diligence, make sure that you know, you at least have an understanding. And then as you start to, you know, connect with the right professionals, make sure you sit down with an attorney who not only knows business, the business corporate law, but who knows cannabis. I can't tell you how important that is because when you are putting together these agreements, business plans, all of these things, there's a huge sector of that, which has to do with the cannabis law in your area. Um, and so really making sure you connect with the right professionals, do it right. I know that, you know, a lot of people sort of like to take shortcuts when they first get into a business because they're startups, right? There's not a lot of money, but there's just, uh, I can't tell you how many hurdles and pitfalls and issues you'll avoid if you set aside some money to do it correctly and get with the right professionals and make sure you really understand, you know, what you're looking into, what you're getting into and the, and the other, you know, individuals in that space. Um, And by doing that due diligence, you know, to me, that is a a recipe for long-term success as opposed to the disaster that some people have unfortunately come across. When we talk about the cannabis industry, we're talking about a, you know, a multi-layered kind of industry too. And there's lots of areas where people can play. There's cultivation, there's product development, there's many other places. What areas of the business are you seeing grow the most as the most opportunity? You know, I mean, of course, cultivation, extraction, production, those sorts of things are are, are wildly popular right now. And those licenses are difficult to, to come by and they can be expensive. Um, so certainly that is one area, but you've got to make sure you're well capitalized. Um, I would say, though, the other areas, again, are those ancillary businesses. Think of all the professional services that a typical business needs and then know that the bulk of the businesses in the cannabis industry don't have access to people who who offer those services and also know cannabis law rules and regulations. So whether it's the law, whether it's accounting, bookkeeping services, marketing, PR, social media, all of those things come with a lot of quirks that have to do with the cannabis industry. So if you can bring that expertise to a an area or a profession that you already have expertise in, to me, that that's invaluable. So making sure that you look at it and, you know, if you've never grown a plant in your life, cultivation is probably not the area you want to go into. Um, you know, look at what you do. What's your skill set? What do you bring to the table and how can you then convert that to the cannabis industry and what sorts of rules, regulations, information do you need to know so that you can then impart that wisdom and provide those services to, to all the individuals in the cannabis industry? 
Right. So if you, you're not just waking up today and going, hey, let's get into the cannabis industry, you actually need to bring some skill set, right, Laura? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. <laughs> I have a plan. I appreciate it. I get so many people that are passionate about the plan, and I certainly don't want to be Debbie Downer. That's wonderful. But this is a business. It's a business that costs money. It costs time. It has a lot of hurdles, a lot of risks. So as much as you can do your due diligence and and lessen those risks and lessen those questions, you know, the better you're going to be doing in the long run. Awesome. Love it. Um, so I know you have a crystal ball there. I know you do. You told me you have a crystal oh, ball. So I, <laughs> and that's how, that's why you're so successful. You, yeah. You go to your crystal ball, but we know, we know cannabis is expanding. We know what happened this past election day. We saw some big wins for the space. Um, as you look ahead in this industry, let's just say for the next three years, or if you really want to go crazy, look out at the next five years, where do you see this industry going? Like, what do you see happening in this industry in the next three to five years? You know, again, I think the legitimization of cannabis continues. I think you're going to see the level of sophistication, the level of technology, the level of uh, information and serious players in this industry only increase. Um, and so I think there is definitely a window of time where people have to get into this industry and be among the first and the best. And I think there's something to be said for that. Um, we had, you know, just eight states pass different types of, of cannabis laws and rules. And, you know, it, we, we are getting to a point where the majority of Americans live in a state that has some sort of legal cannabis program. And so I think we're only going to see it get more sophisticated. And I think that the players in this industry are only going to get more sophisticated. So, again, it's something to do your due diligence, make sure that you have an understanding of where you want to be in this industry and, and certainly don't delay because that window, you know, while I think you've still got some, still got some time, certainly it's growing. Uh, but, you know, that window closes and then that's, you know, then that's when you have larger players getting in and you start to be prevented maybe from from doing what you'd like as an entrepreneur. And so I think those opportunities are still really, really ripe right now, you know, and so having an understanding and a plan for, for how you want to be involved in this industry. If you need partners to offer full scale services, finding the right people and having the right contracts and agreement in place are, are really going to allow you to, to be someone who's involved in the industry, not only now, but for the long run. Yeah. Well, and I know, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you certainly know what you're talking about. And I know that you help tons of people get into this business, mitigate their risk, really thrive in this business. And I do encourage people to to get onto roselawgroup.com if you want to learn more about Rose Law Group, learn more about um, the, the section that uh, Laura Bianchi and her partner are driving around uh, the cannabis industry. And uh, if you want to reach out, to Laura directly. All of her information is right there. And I know she's an excellent resource for you. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It was a great time. Well, it's always a good time talking to you. And I wish you the best of luck wrapping up your busy year. And thanks to my producer, George. And join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 